Hey y'all, welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. This week we'll learn what it means to be bold in our faith by looking at Peter and John as they go before the High Council. I hope you get as much from it as we did. Thanks again. Enjoy. I'm honored to get to talk to you again this week as we kick off the Bible study again. So as most of you know, since early 2019, we've been taking different books of the Bible and going through verse by verse. And doing so has been good. We've been able to see exactly what God is talking about verse by verse and and see the inspired word of God through these different guys in the Bible. And it's a great thing to do, but unfortunately we just we just don't have time to do it. So I really felt like we needed to look at some different parts of scripture that we wouldn't get to if we just kept going book by book. Not that going book by book is a bad thing. We just don't have the time, unfortunately. So this week we're going to look at the book of Acts, specifically chapters 3 and 4. So before we dig in, it's important that we understand the context of the passage and the setting. The book of Acts is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It covers so many important events that happened in the early church, and it shows us how to truly live for Jesus, which is a big thing, obviously. Acts is written by Luke, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's a doctor. Acts is an accurate historical record of the early church following Christ's ascension, but it's also a theological book, and it's extremely detailed. It gives us examples of the work of the Holy Spirit, the implications of grace, and the law of love. Most importantly, it shows us the validity of Jesus' claims and promises. So as we go through these two chapters today, put yourself in the disciples' shoes. Notice their commitment to the gospel, giving all the glory to Christ, and watch their boldness in the face of death as they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We ask that you fill this room, that you give us words to speak, that we, that we proclaim you with boldness, that we are truly unashamed of the gospel, that you speak through me. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So chapter 3 begins with Peter and John healing a crippled man in the name of Jesus Christ. Doing so, a crowd begins to form, and they see an amazing opportunity to share the gospel. And Peter addresses the crowd, starting in verse 12. What does he say to them? He says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. It is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you do and what your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. And then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant that God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. First of all, that is 
so awesome. That is an amazing presentation of the gospel. That is so, so great. You killed the author of life, but God raised him right at from the dead. Doesn't get much greater than that. This is a, but this is a dangerous thing to do. They are outside the temple. Guards are everywhere, and Christians aren't very popular at this point in time. You can argue they aren't today either. But either way, Peter clearly and boldly proclaims the truth of the gospel to this group of people. And he is unashamed, clearly, and that's what we want to be. This brings us to chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, When Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest and the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard the message believed it, so the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Resurrection of the dead. That's what it is, right? That's what separates us from everybody else. The group of guys who confront Peter and John are some bad dudes. They're, they're members of the Jewish high court, and they're the same people who had Jesus arrested, tortured, and crucified. Clearly, they aren't big on people talking about Jesus. The city is under Roman rule at the time, which gives us some freedom. But on the temple grounds, the Jewish leaders have unlimited power. They are the judge, jury, and executioner. Therefore, they have the men arrested simply because they don't agree with the message about the resurrection of the dead. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Verse 4, what does it say? It says, But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So many of the people who heard the truth about Christ that day believed it. So it was all worth it. Many of the people who heard the truth about Christ that day believed it. Let's read what they say one more time when Peter preaches in the temple. He says, People of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time of the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise you up, raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Those are red letters. And then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. They'll be in the group on the left, and he'll say, Away with you, you wicked ones, like last week. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Pretty powerful. 
many of the people who heard the truth about Christ that they believed it. So it was all worth it. So now there's about 5,000 believers that are men, not counting women and children at the time. They didn't count like that. So Peter and John are emboldened by the Holy Spirit to the point that they're willing to go to jail for telling others about the love of God. They are arrested. Are you willing to risk everything for Jesus? Are you? Remember that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that created the cosmos, lives inside of you. That power is the Holy Spirit. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, right? The author of life. He lives inside of you if you believe. That's awesome. That same power that did all that lives inside you from the moment that you believe. Verses 5 through 6, what happens? The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. This group of leaders that met the judge, Peter, and John in Jerusalem are the religious elite of the day. They are the, the top, the cream of the crop. They are, I should be a rapper, that was really good. They are, they are up there. Let's see what they have to say. Verse 7. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? They know the answer to that, by the way. But the plot thickens. What happens next? Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, don't miss that, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? It's important to note here that everything Peter says going forward is inspired by the Holy Spirit. What does he say? He's, he's, he's important. He's, he's emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verses 9 through 21. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak about any, anyone in not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in, and they commanded them never to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? You know, choose man or choose God. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And the council didn't threaten them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. Jesus is the only name that saves. He is the only way to inherit everlasting life. That's what this passage shows us. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. How awesome is that? Jesus, Christ alone, is the cornerstone. Everything rests on him and him alone. Peter and John are ordinary guys, just like us. They haven't been to Harvard. They aren't preachers. They are normal people who have been radically changed by the power of Christ. The Jewish leaders recognize that. 
They say we recognize them as men who have been with Jesus. Do people recognize you as someone who has been with Jesus? My hope is that people see Christ in all of us, that we would be a beacon of light in a dark place. So most of you know what I do in my free time, so I won't bother explaining why I have or need what I'm about to go over. IR patches. They're pretty cool. You shine a light on them. A regular light, and you can't see it. But if you're using an IR illuminator and night vision, you can see it. So my guys see these in a dark room and know exactly who I am. They see light and recognize who I am. And know, I'm not going to shoot that guy. The same goes for believers. Do people recognize you as someone who loves Christ more than anything else? If not, it's not too late. Jesus puts death to death and gives us life. The cross has overthrown the grave and his blood sets us free. Even in the face of further imprisonment, they are unwavering in their faith. They are truly unashamed of the gospel for it is the power of Christ at work in the heart of all those who believe. That's why I love the book of Acts. It provides real examples of the things we've been talking about, being bold, being unashamed, being steadfast in our faith to the point that people recognize us as people who've been with Jesus. What a great opportunity we have to make much of Jesus. Let's not waste it. I implore you not to waste it. It's so important. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everything. We pray that we go forward, that we look for opportunities to share the gospel, that people recognize us as men who have been with Jesus and women who have been with Jesus, that we be bold, that we be unashamed, that we be steadfast in our faith to that point, and that we, we, we look in Scripture for real-life examples and that we go make our own. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you all next week.